2: Story time with Joey on 1080, the fan.
3: All right, here's our friend Joey Harrington as we get set for Oregon UCLA tomorrow. First of all, sir, happy birthday to you.
2: (laughs) Well, that's very kind. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. You think the Lions are going to win one for you on uh, Sunday?
2: No. No. (laughs) What what does that have to do with anything?
3: (laughs) Well,
2: no, I don't. I don't. I don't think the Lions are ever going to win anything. But what? Why, why the on. question?
4: I thought they may do it for you. Yeah, it's like kind of a it's win, the win one for the Gipper sort of thing.
2: You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh right, I thought the I thought the Gipper actually had like a positive experience with uh set organization.
4: <laughs> no, well, but he died, and you haven't yet, so you got that on. You know, and, and you know, Reagan <laughs> didn't play or anything, but you know, there's still time for. A political leader to play the Joey Harrington story,
2: and there's apparently time for me to die. So you know, it's, <laughs> it all just kind of works out. Yeah.
3: What are you doing for your birthday? I uh,
2: just got some friends coming over for pizza in a little bit. Well, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Little pizza party, yeah. You know, a little pizza party. You know, so we'll go to Chuck E. Cheese a little later. And
4: uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, you're like a twelve year old, maybe <laughs> going to the rat's nest. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been a pretty, pretty mellow day. A little coffee with the misses I, uh, I, we were, I might've stayed back in Atlanta for a couple of days afterwards, uh, after last weekend to play some golf with my cousin. So that was kind of, you know, Ooh. like the birthday, yeah the birthday
4: shindig. Well, and at our age, let's be honest, isn't, yeah, we don't, our, care. our birthday is a little overrated at that point. Like have the idea of having a party.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference between having a party and just getting together with some friends. Exactly. I mean, you know, sometimes you need, you need an excuse just to, like, everybody's so busy with kids and school and work and, you know, all this stuff. Like, you almost need, like, that type of excuse just to get together with the friends that you would hope to see on a normal basis, and so that's just kind of what we're doing, There, you go. having a pizza party.
3: What were you doing out in Atlanta? I saw that on Twitter. Was that for your foundation?
2: Well, that's because I'm a Twitter fool. I mean, I, I am a, I didn't, I'm not sure if you knew, but I'm actually a... Um, What's the word called?
3: An tr- influencer? Are you a troll?
2: <laughs> influencer. Yes, oh, yes, oh. yes. 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 Um, yes. Uh, I no. We went out for a friend's wedding. So when I was with the Falcons, my wife um, worked at Emory doing cardiac transplants and um, made a really good friend there. Who they've stayed in contact for the last gosh, what, 13 years, and she got married this weekend. So okay. we went out there and uh, caught the Falcons game and showed the kids where mom and dad first moved after they got married, and then I said, see, ya, I'm sticking around to play some golf.
3: Cool. Now, did they contact yeah. you at all about being the celebrity guest picker this week?
2: No, uh, no, 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 no. That would um, that would require you fulfilling the, um, the, the first criteria of that uh, phrase, which would be celebrity.
3: Okay. Oh, right? I think
2: that star has has no. Let's be honest. Like that, like that. I appreciate the thought, but like Sabrina is absolutely the perfect person to choose for that for that uh, for that role. I mean, she's current. She's um, she's national. She's an incredible representative of our university, and and they rarely, at least from what I've seen as of late, choose football people to fill the role. I've seen, like, Luke Bryan or somebody, you know, a country singer do it. And, you know, it, it's, it's the perfect representation of our university. Um, and, I, and I could not be happier that they made that choice. There were quite a few of us. Again, you know, remember, I'm an influencer, right? And so I did my Twitter influence thing yeah. and, you know, sent out to Game Day and ESPN that you need to choose Sabrina, apparently, uh, Coach Graves had already done that, so I think maybe he had a little more sway than
3: I did. Oh, good. Well, we had Reese Davis on earlier, and he was, we were asking him about that, like how you pick them, and he was like, you'd be surprised, you know, because, you know, they don't know where they're going until, like, six days ahead of time, and so all these celebrities or quote unquote celebrities all have busy schedules, and he said they get turned down all the time because they just, they want to have these people, but they just can't make it work. So, um, yeah, I just wondered if maybe you were on their list, and albeit down a few, yeah, but you know, but still on it. Now,
2: now, let's just say that that point right there, in a back uh, in a backhanded kind of way, reinforces the point which I made from the beginning. I got nothing but time on my hands, boys. I mean, like literally, I talk to you every Friday. I mean, what right. the hell am I doing? I got a soccer game tomorrow. Right. I, hey, hey, you know, yeah. I, well, so on that
3: note. Yeah, sorry. Part of being a celebrity guest picker is just being available, okay? Yeah. And Joey's available. But, Showing up. But you're right. Sabrina was like <laughs> – I
4: just picture Joey now like side stage, like, like, hey, if she doesn't show up, I'm, well, I'm, he I'm did, here. Reese, uh, Reese Davis
3: here. did say that for a huge Ohio State-Michigan game yeah. in 2016 – they everybody just didn't like whoever they had didn't show up or they just had all these problems they literally pulled Orlando Pace off of the sideline yeah. right before the segment to be their celebrity <laughs> guest picker so it's like hey Orlando
4: if you're down there tomorrow you know you never know sabrina's flight ha- gets to just Orlando. have a sign out there like you know it's game day i'm ready <laughs> you know it's, you know, maybe like a name tag sort of like you like get one of those big cutouts of your head so you're easily spotted. Mm-hmm. Hey, is that yeah. Joey Hi, my Harrington?
2: Name is Joey, I'm available for guest picker. <laughs>
4: yeah. Someone in the crowds like, "Is that Joey Harrington holding a big giant head of Joey Harrington?" <laughs>
2: that
3: would be, be actually awesome. That would be. So, guessing uh I don't know, what do you expect tomorrow? I'm guessing we expect this to be a lot of fun and a lot of points.
2: You know what? I'm really curious to see how the weather plays into this. I'm gonna be honest. Right? Because how many times have you seen the UCLA teams or whether it's US, you know whatever warm weather team come to Austin in a you know in a crummy weather environment. And if you put that or I say combine that with what is the best in, in the best rush offense in the conference. I mean they got look the, the way Oregon is running the football this could be the setup for, like, the perfect – I don't want to say the perfect storm, but the perfect situation, right? A, a stout Oregon run defense. The defensive line is playing tremendous. The, the linebackers know Sewell is doing a wonderful job. They're, they're a good defense stopping the run. They're less good stopping the pass this year. But if the weather is is going sideways, UCLA isn't going to be able to throw the ball as well. Right, I think this is going to be a one of those weather contingent type of games that that determines how how each team attacks it. I think.
4: Yeah, I can see that. You know, it's it, it is definitely one of those that if you were going to say there's one advantage because it's the number one, number two rush offenses. Like points wise, like it's it's pretty equal. They both have very good run defenses. In fact, I think it's one two run defenses in the conference. The only real statistical big advantage that, if you want to try to pull it out of, it's it's the fact that Oregon secondary hasn't been very good. But you're right that if it is a rainy, nasty day and you take away that advantage, I, I do think that that is. I'm not going to say your handicap in UCLA, but I do think that that does minimize what might be the one clear advantage on paper. Right. I mean
2: that, that that's. I would say that's that's the that takes it in my mind from being a forty. 40- 42 38 type of game, to a you know, 27 21 type of game. Yeah. A game that that maybe dominated on the grounds, you know, and when you factor in a little bit of inclement weather, you factor in the home crowd, you know, that that could be something that swings things in the in the duck's favor. Not to say it couldn't win a, a game straight up, you know, in in a 72 and sunny type of way, but I think this is something that could that could make it uh it tipped the scales you know fairly significantly.
4: And see I I'm, I'm picking Oregon simply because of the home the, the home field advantage. One Austin is just a, it's a brutal place to play. If you look at their record over the years and maybe take out like the the you know when they had the awful, you know, one health for year. If you look at the years over the last 15 when Oregon has been a, you know, an 8 plus win team, they don't lose many at Austin. And just in general the Pac-12 like, when you look through the history of these top 10 or like these kind of game-of-the-year matchups, I mean, it's overwhelming. I think I saw, like, in the last 11 of these top 10 matchups, the home team has won straight up 10 of them. Like, I think, you know, in college football, it's really hard to win on the road, especially in the Pac-12. And I, I, that, to me, is is the biggest advantage. In, in a game that is, to me, on paper, so equal, I don't think you can overstate the home field advantage enough.
2: I, and I'm... I'm... I will say, pleasantly or hopefully optimistic, right? I mean, let's be honest. Odson pre-COVID had kind of fallen into a little bit of a slump, right? There was there was talk about the student section leaving early. There's, you know, there there were, you know, the the sellout streak was broken. Not that Otson was any or was ever an easy place to play, but there was discussion about how it was may not have been quite what it used to be, from what I saw against Stanford, that student section that was there early, that stayed the entire – I mean, I was looking at pictures from the start of the game, from uh, the start of the third quarter, and then even the start of the fourth quarter when, you know, the game was well in hand. But that student section was there. The crowd was there. There was an energy that, that I, I feel like has, has been missing maybe for a few years. And, and that, that could be a – I mean, this could be a great – I don't want to say a coming-out party – but let's just call it a reemergence for Autzen Stadium, for Dan Lanning, for this team that, that's really starting to, after, I mean, we'll call it a debacle in Georgia. This is their opportunity to reestablish themselves that this is a top 10 team, that Bo Nix is, you know, call him a dark horse for the Heisman, and that this is a team that you, you don't want to face later in the year, especially at Autzen.
3: Yeah, I think you're right about some of the juice, and some of that probably had to do with just the offense the last couple of years, it was just really tough to, it just wasn't a lot, it just wasn't
2: exciting under Cristobal. But now it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think people, and, and it's, it's a blessing and a curse that Oregon fans have been spoiled for the better part of the last 25 years with exceptional offensive football. Right. And if it, if it hasn't been exceptional offensive football, it's been exceptionally exciting. Right. Even, you know, when Chip Kelly was, was scoring a bunch of points they were blowing people out and it was fun to watch when we were having, you know, struggles on offense, we we're playing these close games that barn burners, you had to stay till the end. Like there's, there's always been a reason to be excited and you're right. The last couple of years, you know, pre COVID and, and, and then especially with no fans, <laughs> obviously in the, in the stands. And you combine that with, with Mario's, Blah, sort of offense. <laughs> you know the the look. You know, looking back and seeing what Justin Herbert potentially could have been had he been allowed to truly explode, like in, in the way that that San Diego and, and Joe Lombardi is using them. I mean, there's all sorts of uh, reasons for why things kind of mellowed out. But yeah, I, I think it's it's realistic to think that Kenny Dillingham, that Coach Landing, that the you know the students being excited about it again. I I, I think this this could make. You know, a, rain, a rain-soaked a rain game with, you know, the UCLA, the L.A., you know, the Warmwell, weather L- L.A. kids coming up to town, this could make for a great atmosphere. All right, I have a couple more questions
3: for you if you can stick around. Do you got time? I know it's your birthday and pizza's coming. And well, you know. but
2: Yeah, uh... you know, I, I, I can do it for you guys, I okay.
3: guess. Okay. All right, great. We'll make it quick. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, it, we, we're running up against it anyway. <laughs> I as always usual. have time for you guys. All right, more with Joey Harrington coming up next
2: Story time with Joey on 1080, the fan. All right, back with Joey previewing
3: uh, Oregon-UCLA. I wonder what you think about the quarterbacks in this game, Uh, Joey. Who's the better quarterback going into this game?
2: Hmm. Right now? Um, I mean, having not been around either of them, looking from a – statistical, explosive, you know, call it national bias. Um, I, I, I think the country would say Thompson Robinson right now. I, I think they'd say DTR. But I think also part of that is because they still have the image of what happened against Georgia in their mind for Bo Nix, right? Yep. You know, it, that, 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 that's a tough thing to shake. That That's a tough thing. If you're going to say, you know, choose one quarterback who's been better this season. And, and you look what Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson has done. You look at what Bo Nix has done. Bo Nix has got a big old goose egg right there at the start of the season, right, that not only is it a goose egg, it was a national public goose egg. Now, give him, I mean, as much credit as, as, as I, I can't think of a player offhand who has had that kind of start. And then rebounded in the way that he has. Now, those of us who've sat and watched it game by game can say, "Man, Bonex is playing out of his mind and is playing as well as any quarterback in the country." But if you're asking from the the national perspective or the national narrative, they're, they're going to go with DTR because, uh, you know, not everybody in the country watches Oregon every week. And when they had a chance to see Oregon, they saw the start that Bonex had against Georgia.
4: Well, and if you want to look at their numbers just so DTR is uh he's 1500 yards, 15 touchdowns, two picks. Bo Nix is 1500 yards with 12 touchdowns, three picks. Both have been effective running the ball. I think Bo Nix uh slightly less yards but more touchdowns. I mean, it's you look through their stats, it it is it is honestly flip a coin. I mean, they are they are neck and neck and are leading the two best offenses in the Pac-12, so you know, it's it's funny you talk about that goose egg that, that they laid at Georgia, but you know you can bring up UCLA at the start of the year easily, and I mean easily could have dropped one to South Alabama, and oh. if, if they do that, then again the narrative, a conversation, yeah, we're having you know, a this,
2: com- this isn't even,
4: yes, I mean this isn't even
2: this isn't isn't even debatable. Yeah. You know, a goose egg to Georgia versus losing to South Alabama completely changes the narrative in this. And if you're asking me who I want right now, who would I take? I'll take Bo Nix any day, of the day, any day of the week and twice on Sunday because of the way that he's responded, because of the adversity that he has gone through. We spent the, so so we went to Atlanta this last weekend, but our our friend's wedding was in Auburn. I was on campus at, at Auburn. there listening to what they talk, were saying about Bo Nix and the horrific like no win situation that this guy was in, and they were all so happy that he's landed in the place where he can simply just. You know, it's it's what they talk about when an NFL quarterback, you know, goes to somewhere and gets a fresh start. What Bo went through in Auburn to still be able to come out and play the way that he is right now, my God, what a, what a resilient kid that guy is! And I want that guy to understand it for
3: me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too familiar. What do you mean what he what he went through? Like, what is it that we? Like if for those that
4: don't know what he went through at Auburn, what is it? Well, he was a legacy Whoa. kid there, and then exactly it, it kind of it, he just it, just he, getting he got, benched. He got it didn't he didn't live up to the you know there was a lot of pressure, and so people started tearing him apart when he wasn't the second coming of Jesus.
2: Right, his dad was a quarterback at Auburn when he came, and he started his first game against Oregon and went out on yeah, and and he beat the Ducks in his first game. And then you switch coordinators, and then you, you, you're young. You're a freshman, so you play up and down. And then because you're not as good as your dad is, you're not a, you know, he we've talked about, it. he was a five-star kid coming out, yeah. and he had a couple bad games, and so literally his hometown turned on him. Yeah. And then he gets hurt, and then he comes back and plays well, and it's this up-and-down roller coaster of coaches and injuries and criticism and trying to live up to a legacy that no no 18-year-old kid could deal with. So to get out and get a fresh start and do what he's done the last month Here in Eugene, I'm so happy for him.
4: Yeah, they were they were ready to break out the pitchforks and the torches to come for him, and and he was the fault why Auburn wasn't why Auburn wasn't a a national title contender. But it's it's fun because you can you know this is such a a good matchup because we just got done talking about what Bo's been through. I'll go with DTR as well, who was a he was supposed to be the savior of that program, came in and was not. In fact, he struggled, and there were a lot of same thing with UCLA fans that are like, why are they sticking with this kid? Like, he can't throw the ball. He's just an athlete that runs around. They weren't very good, and he took a lot of crap. And remember, his dad was being critical of Chip Kelly, and he had to deal with that. And here DTR is like as a basically as a fifth-year starter, and now all of a sudden he's finally kind of emerged from it. So I think like it's, it's just these teams are mirror images of each other, including their quarterbacks who have both – uh, come in with high pedigrees, failed to live up to it, and now have come out the other side and are really experiencing some success. Oh, and by the way, UCLA has Oregon's old coach. Yeah, I mean, it's... How about that? <laughs> There's that whole thing, which yeah. we haven't even talked I know, about. Yeah. that's hey,
2: awesome. Hey, welcome
3: back, Chip. Well, and yeah, like, and he's beloved here. I mean, there is well, just, He should be. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, I, I still feel like Oregon fans are going to have a hard time Dan Lanning's got this thing pointed in the right direction, and it's got some juice back and some excitement. But I don't, I don't know if you're ever going to match what what Chip Kelly did here over whatever it was, four seasons. That was, I mean, that was incredible, and I don't, I don't know how you duplicate that.
2: Well I, I don't think you can because if you're speaking because what Chip did, and it's not just you know his season as a head coach, but his his time as an offensive coordinator under Bilotti – Chip truly and, and this isn't an over exaggeration he revolutionized the game of football like he changed the way defenses play he changed offensive like think about the the history the four horsemen you know you were talking about the gipper and the you know win one for the gipper he literally changed how the game of football was played that that's not something you can duplicate um unfortunately he, he didn't come out on top you know in, in his national championship bid yeah. But that's not to say that what he accomplished here wasn't spectacular.
4: Yeah, and he's also responsible. Let's call it. I mean he's responsible for their second, you know, bit at the the national championship too, and the Heisman Trophy. I mean, it was Helfrich riding what Chip had built, and he was the right guy at the right time and you know, some of that has changed now with the tempo and all that. But you're right. He you know, he came in and, and that was different. I remember everyone in the country were talking about when you played Oregon, you had to do extra conditioning, and it led to a, a run of guys from Gus Malzahn to to Jimbo to doing it to some of the SEC guys modernizing their offenses. Everyone had to get on board, running tempo and um, kind of the no huddle thing. I, I remember that. This thinking from coming from BYU, what a weird concept that was to never be in a in a huddle in college football. And that's, that's like some, some Jim Kelly Buffalo Bill stuff.
2: And now look at him. You know that. I- you know what I just learned a couple weeks ago? You know those giant, those signs that they'd make and hold up on the sideline? Yeah. yeah. They didn't mean anything. Really? Nothing. Really? Not a thing. Not a damn thing. <laughs> they put whatever they want up there, like a picture of Lee Corso, and, and it was all a decoy because somebody else over here was actually signaling the plane.
4: No kidding. I had no idea. Nothing. Where'd you learn that from? I I'd
2: tell you, but I have to kill you. I understand.
3: I bet I know one of those. I'm gonna if I if I guess it, would
2: you tell us? Actually, I don't know that I can even remember who told me to be honest. <laughs>
3: oh. oh well, damn, that's no fun. I thought it was Mariota. I thought like for some, you were in Atlanta uh, uh, last week, and I figured maybe it was Mariota told you that. But
2: that's interesting. Maybe, it, maybe <laughs> I just maybe I had a that that might be true. You never know.
3: Yeah, but that's what it was. That's cool, though.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, you share
3: a birthday uh, with Kim Kardashian. Did you know
4: that?
2: Uh, I did not.
4: I, I, I bet Joey's a big Kim Kardashian guy. <laughs> I'm sure he's watching, <laughs> you know, her, her influencer stuff Co- all the cooler time.
3: To sh- well, you are an influencer and so is she. So you have that in yeah. common. Cooler to share a birthday with her or Judge Judy because you share a birthday with both.
2: Ooh. Do I have <laughs> to choose one? <laughs> How about it's cooler that I share a birthday with uh Ella and Eva Gleason. My okay. my best friends, oldest Aww. twin daughters, who live down the street and just happen to be born Aww. on my
4: birthday. So Cute. there you go. Oh okay. being wholesome.
3: Well we'll be uh on the lookout for more uh influencing from you on social media. Uh can't wait for tomorrow. Should be good, huh? So uh, have a good weekend.
2: I will. I will. i yep. will see you guys.
3: Happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah, enjoy the pizza party. There he is, Joey Harrington. Uh, each Friday here on our show, he's brought to you by uh, Mods PDX.
0: The future of building is here. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.